But Y is supported by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings may vary. This is But Why, a podcast for curious kids from Vermont Public Radio. I'm Jane Lindholm. On this show, we take questions from curious kids just like you, and we find answers. What we're talking about today is something that you can hear but not see, feel but not hold. Hang on, I'll give you an audio clue. That means a sound clue. I bet you've guessed it. Wind. We have so many questions you've sent us about wind. Hello, my name is Freya and I come from Wellington, New Zealand. I am 10 years old and my question is, what causes wind? My name is Rowan and I am 10 years old and I live in Ferrisburg, Vermont. My question is, how is wind created? My name is Gael, I'm from the Philippines. And I'm eight years old, and my question is, where does wind come from? My name is Brandon. I'm five years old. I'm from California. What blows the wind? Hi, my name is Cora, and I'm six years old, and I live in Houston, Texas. My question is, why does wind happen? My name is Tulia. I live in Winnipeg, Manitoba. I'm 10 years old, and my question is, where does wind come from? Those were just six of the questions we've gotten. And when I say we have so many, I mean we have so many, like 80. We won't be able to play every single one of them today. But luckily, a lot of you are wondering the same basic thing. What is wind and how does it blow? We invited someone right here in Vermont where we make the show to help us learn more. My name's Rebecca Duell, and I am a meteorologist, um, which is kind of a fancy word for just a forecaster. So I forecast the weather at the National Weather Service, and um, there's 122 different offices all over the country, and I work at the one in Burlington, Vermont. When you say you forecast, or sometimes people say predict the weather, Mm -hmm. do you just guess? Yeah, it's pretty it's it's pretty interesting how we do it. It's kind of evolved. So, you know, 100 years ago, yeah, it kind of um was like just looking at the areas where you know the wind's coming from and then, you know, seeing what's coming up to where we are. Like call your friends who live a couple of hours away and say, "What's it doing out where you are?" and then think, "That's what we're going to have." Yeah, by yeah. telegram back in the day. <laughs> but now, um it's it's evolved so much and the science of, you know, predicting or forecasting the weather has changed so much in just like the last few decades even. So now most of it's done on computers. So um, we have what we call these computer models that have come a long way in the past few decades. And we put all of this information into these computer models and then they kind of spit out a few scenarios of what may happen. And we don't know which one's right and they're always a little bit different. And that's what makes our job kind of difficult is um, trying to pick out 
which computer model makes the most sense. And that's, you know, the forecast that we would go with. But it's, it's kind of become a lot more technology based over the last few decades. So, Rebecca, we wanted to talk to you today because we specifically want to talk about one kind of weather phenomenon, which no matter where you live, you're probably at least a little bit familiar with. Some places have more of this than others. But we want to talk about wind. My name is Maya. I am six years old. I live in Seattle, Washington, and my question is, how is wind created? Hi, I'm Poco. I'm seven years old. I live in Chattanooga, Tennessee. My question is, how does the wind get made? My name is Shira. I am six years old. I live in California. Hi, my name's Axel. I live in Chicago, Illinois. Aria, and I'm five years old. I live in Greensboro, North Carolina. Hi, my name's Ira, and I'm four and a half, almost five, and I'm Ali in California. I'm Darren. I'm eight years old, and I'm from Portland, Oregon. My name is Carter. I'm six years old. I live in Los Angeles, California. My name is Hazel. I'm four, and I live in Cutsville, Missouri. My name is Emery, and I'm five years old. I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. And my question is, where does the wind come from? Hi, my name is Liliana, and I live in Denver, Colorado, and I am seven years old. My name is Audrey. I am six years old. I live in College Grove, Minnesota. My name is Alma. I live in Nicoma, Avenue, St. Paul, Minneapolis. My name is Ellie. I'm six years old. I live in Alameda, California. And my question is, where does wind come from? My name is Charlotte, and I'm five, and I'm from Cambridge, Vermont. And my question is... How does Earth make wind? We also got that same question from Kaya, who's three and a half and lives in Burlington, Vermont. So, what is wind and where does it come from? Wind, it's just air moving, basically, if you think about it. You know, air is, it's everywhere, it's around us, and we don't really see it, but it's always there, and it's always kind of moving and in motion, and and that's just what the wind is. It's just the air moving from one place to another place. The wind is essentially um, the atmosphere So it just always wants to be in balance. That's kind of the gist of all weather is just the atmosphere trying to remain in balance. And if you think about it that way and you keep that in mind, that's kind of how you can understand wind. So some areas there's more air at any given time and other areas there's less air. So when the atmosphere wants to kind of balance it out, it wants to send the air from the areas where there's more air to areas where there's less air. And it just kind of wants to fill in those areas to kind of balance everything out. And that's all wind is. It's just uh, the air moving from an area where there's more, you know, more air or we call it higher pressure is something that we talk about. And you've probably seen it if you watch the the weather on TV. They talk about pressure and we can kind of dive into that a little bit. Um, But it's just air flowing from higher pressure to lower pressure. When you say the atmosphere wants to balance out, it makes it sound like the atmosphere is alive and has things that it is trying to do, which 
you know, we know the atmosphere isn't really a, a live thing in and of itself. It's not a person saying, I want balance. So what do you mean that the atmosphere wants to be balanced or wants to be in balance? Yeah, so it's just kind of the forces. And through understanding, you know, science over the last few hundred years, um, you know, some of the basic laws of physics are just that things want to remain in balance. And that's how um, a lot of things kind of exist in the science world. And so when the atmosphere wants to remain in balance, um, if a storm, you know, gets too strong, eventually um, it'll fill in. And then and that's how you get storms created. And then that's how you get storms that kind of dissipate as well. So that's the atmosphere's way of balancing things out. And um, the sun is kind of always throwing things out of balance a little bit because it's always heating the earth. And that's where you start getting these imbalances. Um, so that's where you get wind kind of responding to that. We have one question from Harlan who who just wants to understand a little bit more. I live in Aspen, Colorado. How does wind happen? Because when, the air is basically impossible to move. So when we talk about air moving, you know, when we think about things like waves in the ocean, that's energy moving through the water. But it's not really the water necessarily moving. It's the energy that moves and the water kind of you know, sort of stays in one place. Is it similar with wind, that wind is energy moving through the atmosphere, but the air around you isn't necessarily coming from somewhere else and moving to somewhere else? Yeah, actually, the air is coming from somewhere else in the atmosphere, and it is moving. And actually, it's kind of neat. Um, the last couple of days um, here in Vermont, we've had really, really cold weather. In fact, it's been the coldest weather we've seen in three or four years here in Vermont. And something really neat that we did is using these computer models, we looked at where the air came from just a few days ago that's over us right now. And actually, just a few days ago, it was over the Arctic. It was like really close to the North Pole. So that's pretty neat. So that air actually came and the air we're breathing in over these past few days where it's been really, really cold here in Vermont is the same air that was actually over the Arctic over the past few days. So it, it actually is moving. So how does the wind start blowing and how does it stop blowing? My name is Wendy. I'm four years old and I live in Boston, and, 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 I, and I want to know how the wind starts blowing. Hello, my name is Felix and, and I am seven years old and I live in London and my question is, how does wind start? Hi, my name is Gabe and I am five years old and I live in... Alamina, California, and my question is, how does wind start? And then it's your brother. My name is Ben. My name is Ben. I'm two years old. I showed you all. Why wind stop? Why does wind stop? Yeah, so the wind will start blowing when things are out of balance. So when one area is heated more than another area, and most of the time, you know, that heating that'll come from the sun. So the sun will heat one area and maybe another area will be heated less. And then we know through science that warm air rises. It's actually a little bit lighter or we call it less dense. And warm air rises and cold air sinks. And that's just kind of the laws of how the atmosphere works. So when you get heating of a certain area, the air is going to rise and then you get air rushing at the surface to fill in that essentially like vacancy, that hole of where, you know, we're losing the air because it's going up. 
Um, and then that's where the wind starts. So if things are kind of not in very good balance, that's when you get really windy conditions. But say if you're, you know, everything's really equal, or if you're right under a high pressure system, then you're not going to get very much wind. Sometimes you can be hanging out outside and it's kind of a windy day and then all of a sudden you'll feel a really big gust of wind. What's happening when the wind kind of starts and stops during a windy day or during a wind event? Yeah, exactly like you said. We call that gusts and it's a little bit different. So there's two kinds of winds. There's sustained winds, which is kind of what we've been talking to talking about, which is where, you know, the wind is just going from high pressure to low pressure. But there's also gusts, and that's kind of a different science that goes into that. And what's happening with the gusts is you have to think about the atmosphere in three dimensions. So, you know, there's what's going on at the surface, and then there's also what's going on, you know, thousands of feet above us. And the winds are actually much, much stronger above us all the time. Um, it's actually called the jet stream, and you may have heard that. And so what's happening when you get gusts is you get winds mixing down from above us, not as high as the jet stream, because that's really, really high, but a little bit lower where the winds are still much higher than they are on the surface. And you get winds mixing down from above us, a few thousand feet maybe, and then those really strong winds mix down to the surface, and that's what causes gusts. And that's conditions are more favorable for that, so it's easier to get those gusts during the daytime, which is why the afternoon is usually more gusty. And then at the nighttime, um, it's it's harder to get you know what we call that mixing of those stronger winds down from from above us. So it's usually lighter winds at night, usually. In just a minute, more of your windy questions. But first, a message for the adults who are listening. Support for our program comes from Oak Meadow, providing secular, student-centered homeschooling curriculum and a teacher-supported distance learning school for K-12. through Oak Meadow has encouraged kids to follow their curiosity and uncover the answers to But Why for 45 years. To learn more, visit oakmeadow.com. This is But Why, a podcast for curious kids. We're answering your questions about wind today. Let's use this question we got from Rafa to recap what we've learned so far. Hi, my name is Rafa. I am eight years old. I live in Houston, Texas. And my question is, what powers the wind? Wind is the movement of air in the atmosphere. Air moves because of differences in pressure. If you want an example of what different air pressures feel like, Think about riding in a car. If you drive up over a mountain, sometimes your ears feel like they need to pop and you have to kind of click your jaw to get it to feel better in your head. Do you know what I'm talking about? That's because the air pressure changes as you go higher or lower. The same thing can happen in a plane if you've ever flown somewhere. As air gets warmer, it gets lighter and it rises. Cooler air has more pressure and it whooshes into the vacuum left by the warm air rising. That's what creates wind, air moving from one place to another because of a difference in pressure. Now, the sun doesn't heat the air evenly all over the Earth. Generally speaking, the air is warmest around the equator, the middle of the Earth, consistently year-round. So the air in that belt around the globe rises up, and cooler air coming from the poles rushes in to fill the void. But the air doesn't go straight from the North or South Pole to the equator for a number of reasons. One is because, remember, the Earth is rotating. 
So the wind kind of rotates too. And then other issues like ocean temperatures, the Earth's rotation around the sun during the course of a year, and the geography of our Earth with mountains and valleys also has an effect on wind patterns. All of those have an effect on wind patterns. So there are different wind patterns, the directions winds typically flow, in different parts of the globe. You can have an adult help you go online to look at interactive maps of wind patterns and what the wind is doing all over the world right now. It's not only really cool, it might help you get a better picture of what I'm talking about. Now, you probably think a lot more about what the weather is like right where you live or where you're visiting than you do about the weather all over the Earth. But it's pretty neat to think about how it's all connected and how the wind you are experiencing now or maybe there's no wind, has a lot to do with what's been happening in other parts of the world and what's going to happen in different parts a few hours, a few days, or even a few weeks from now. We're learning more about specifics of wind from National Weather Service meteorologist Rebecca Duell today. Here's a question from Eliza. Eliza lives in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and I think she may have recorded her question on location. Cool. I'm 10 years old. And my question is, why is it windy by the ocean? Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. That is actually something called a sea breeze. And if you live by the ocean, you're probably familiar with it. Um, You might notice that during the afternoon hours, you oftentimes see clouds form above you if you're on the land. That's actually due to the sea breeze. So it's what we've been talking about. It's the same idea, and you kind of need to picture it. Um, So you have the sun during the afternoon comes out, And it's heating the land and the water, but the land actually gets warmer than the water. The land absorbs more heat than the water. So during the day, if the land is warmer than the water, which is what happens on a sunny day, then the warm air over the land is going to rise because warm air rises. It's less dense than the cold air. So it's going to rise. And then the colder, more dense air over the ocean is going to rush in from the ocean to fill you know, that hole or that vacancy essentially of of all the warm air that's rising over land. And actually, if there's enough moisture in the air, then when the air rises, you get the rain. So that's why you oftentimes get those afternoon thunderstorms in places like Florida, or sometimes even here in the Northeast along the coast, you can get them as well. My name is Rosie. Um, I'm four and a half years old. I live in San Francisco. And my question is, why Um, Is it windy in San Francisco sometimes? Speaking of sea breezes, San Francisco's nickname is the City by the Bay. And along with Oakland, it's called the Bay Area. A bay is an ocean inlet, so a lot of what Rebecca was just talking about applies to San Francisco. In the morning, when the sun comes up, it warms the land, and that warm air right above the land rises. The colder air over the ocean rushes in, causing the wind. That cooler breeze, often joined by condensation in the form of fog, is funneled into the city through the gaps in hills and ridges where the land meets the sea. Hello, my name is Starlet. I live in Connecticut, and and I'm three years old. My question is, why does the wind blow different ways? Winds can come from so many different directions, um, and they, they can come from any, any direction. But 
typically an area experiences, you know, a few directions that are more common than others. And it's usually related to, you know, where the mountains are around them or how close they are to the ocean or anything else. But those are things that kind of decide what your prevailing or most common wind direction would be. Look around at the trees where you live. Do lots of them look like they're all leaning in one direction? Or maybe their branches seem to be going more in one direction than any other? That might be a sign that you live in a place that has strong prevailing winds. Prevailing just means dominant or most common. It's pretty cool. Even though you can't see the wind, you can see evidence of it. Hello. Hello, my name is Raphael. I'm in Winnipeg, Manitoba, and and my que- and I'm three years old. And my question is why the wind is sometimes strong and sometimes cold. Thank you. Yeah, so much of that is where is the wind coming from? So what I talked about earlier a little bit was, you know, that really cold air that we felt over over Vermont over the last few days. And that's going to be a really cold wind because it's coming from the north. And typically when winds come from the north, they're going to be colder because areas of the earth that are, you know, towards the poles or to our north are colder than areas of the earth that are towards our south or towards the equator, as long as you're in the northern hemisphere. Um, but anyway, so if in the Northern Hemisphere or anywhere, when you have the Northern winds, they're going to be colder here. And then when you have the winds from the South, it's usually going to be a warmer wind. So that's typically what happens. And when you're experiencing a very warm wind, it can be usually, it usually means it's coming from an area that was warmer. Sometimes, as you mentioned, that the wind seems to bring about some kind of change in temperature or in conditions, and Charlotte wants to know about that. I live in Edmonton, and I'm six years old, and my question is, why does it get windy when the weather is changing? Yeah, so basically when you have um, interesting weather, so if you have like a, a windstorm or a rainstorm or anything, that's typically associated with a low-pressure system. And the reason for that is because, like we said, in low-pressure systems, the air is rising, and that's where you get the um, the rain coming out of it if there's enough moisture. So that's how you get storms, usually typically associated with low-pressure systems. So when you get the wind blowing and you get low-pressure systems, the wind is typically being drawn into the low-pressure systems. So that's why usually when, when you're looking at storms, it gets windy around them and things, and that's because... Um, the air is usually, or the atmosphere is usually not in very good balance at that point. And so you're drawing in the air from the high pressure, which would be the areas that are experiencing usually the quieter weather, to the areas where there's low pressure, where it's usually a little bit more stormy. Hi, I'm Ada. I'm six years old and I live in Angwin, California. My question is, why can you feel the wind and hear the wind, but you can't see the wind? My name is Ron, and I live in Mount Carmel, Tennessee, and I'm five years old, and I want to know why we can't see wind. Hello, my name is Rachel. I live in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I'm five years old, and I want to know how, 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 why you can't see the wind. You can feel the wind, and often you can hear the wind, but you can't see the wind. <laughs> Yeah, that's really hard and it's hard. It makes our job kind of kind of difficult cuz you're you're looking at this kind of concept that you can't really see. Um the air is obviously invisible, but we know it's there. We can certainly feel it as you said. Um 
and actually something kind of neat that you can do and oftentimes you know sometimes in school science teachers will do this is um if you put you know a little bit of smoke or like steam into the air um, you can actually see the wind so sometimes when there's you know steam or smoke coming out of a smokestack or anything like that all of a sudden you can see the wind and that's pretty cool so if you want to do a science experiment with your teachers at school sometimes you know they can use a little fog machine or something like that and you can actually get a visual and see the wind moving and that's pretty neat or you can see the air moving and that's kind of a neat way to visualize wind if you will and sometimes does it move in other than just a straight line like you can actually see it moving in different ways rather than just pushing the smoke in one straight direction oh yeah it's pretty neat it swirls all over the place if you see it and sometimes like in the fall if there's a lot of leaves on the ground you'll see like these little swirls and stuff and that's a neat way of seeing the wind sometimes you see the leaves get caught up in these little eddies we call them which are these tiny little swirls of wind but that's what the wind's doing and the air around us it's not really ever moving in a straight line that's pretty rare it's just going all over the place and swirling and everything and if you ever see it like a fog machine or anything like that you'll kind of get a visual of of all those crazy crazy ways the wind is moving I like looking at other things too that are moving in the wind as a way to try to see the wind and sometimes if you're lying down in the grass on a summer day and you don't feel much of a breeze you can see the clouds moving really fast above you either and sometimes you can see clouds that look like they're lower down moving at a different speed than the clouds that are really high up and you can kind of sense that the wind is doing different things in those different layers of the atmosphere which is pretty cool absolutely that's one of the coolest things about our job is just trying to understand what's going on you know in all these different layers because we think about it so much we think about weather you know we think about what we experience at the surface and we forget that there's so much going on above us and that's a really neat way of visualizing it is looking up and you can see the really high clouds and we call them cirrus clouds they're like really wispy and sometimes they're moving at a different speed than the lower clouds you know um and, and that's a pretty neat way of seeing the different speeds of the winds above you. It's also kind of interesting if you've ever flown a kite, sometimes you can't get the kite to go up into the air at all. Sometimes mm -hmm. you have to get it up high enough for it to keep flying. And then sometimes you'll be flying your kite and all of a sudden it's like somebody's hand pushed the kite all the way down and it's floating up high and then all of a sudden boosh, down it goes. And that's really cool too because you can see that the wind isn't just going straight across, but it is moving in these really wild directions that can push things like a kite or sometimes you can even feel it yourself into a new direction. Absolutely. Yeah, the wind is going up and down and all these different directions. And if you do fly a kite, that's a really neat way of trying to find out, you know, what's going on above you. Wind is important. It helps power the weather, change temperatures, and keep things in balance. It ushers in changes in the weather, but it can also help prevent storms or hot and cold temperatures from staying around for too long. Wind, though, can also be dangerous. Sometimes you get really big windstorms, but oftentimes you also get hurricanes and that can, those can um, have very destructive winds or you can have tornadoes if you live in areas where you get tornadoes and those are also very destructive. So it's really important that you just be careful with what's going on with the weather and that you stay aware of it. And any time that there will be strong winds forecasts or anything, it will be in your forecast. And you just need to stay on top of your local forecasts. And if you have a weather radio, those are great ways of knowing if there's going to be a storm coming to your area because the weather radio will actually go off if there's 
um, you know, dangerous conditions. So that's one thing you could, you know, talk to your parents about is getting a weather radio is one thing. Or you can always listen, you know, to to the news and make sure you're getting the any sort of reports or any sort of notifications. Um, or if you have access to the internet, um, definitely stay on top online at the National Weather Service. We'll always be putting out um, warnings or advisories if conditions are dangerous. So make sure you're staying on top of that. Culturally, wind can be important, too. Lots of cultures and people in different places have names for their winds. There's the Santa Ana in Southern California, which is a hot, dry wind that sometimes locals say makes them cranky or do wild things. The Mistral in France is a cold winter wind that makes people want to stay inside. Sometimes folks there say you can tell the Mistral is coming because babies start crying and people get restless. If you live in the southern part of South America, you might know the Pampero. In Western Australia, people enjoy the cooling sea breeze known as the Fremantle Doctor. Egyptians are familiar with the Khamsin, while West Africans experience the Harmattan, both of which often come with major sandstorms. What are the winds called where you live? Here are a few Rebecca is familiar with. I actually used to live in Alaska, and um, I used to forecast Alaska. We had a lot of really neat winds. Um, one of them was the the Turnigan Arm winds, which was the name of um, this this body of water right next to Anchorage, Alaska, when the winds would funnel down that body of water, the Turnigan Arm winds. A really common one out west in the U.S. would be the Chinook, and that's one that blows off the Rocky Mountains, and it's typically pretty warm. Um, it's a warmer air um, and it blows off, and sometimes they even call that snow eaters because when you get a really strong Chinook, it's actually a sign of um, really warm air going down from the mountains, down from the Rocky Mountains, and it actually kind of eats up the snow. So you can lose a lot of snowpack really fast if you live in the central U.S. and you experience a Chinook off the Rocky Mountains. So there's all sorts of ones. So wind is cool. Wind drives so much of the weather we have. Winds change how we live, how we build structures, and how we experience seasons. Wind can shape and change the landscape. I hope you've learned a little more about wind in this episode today, thanks to Rebecca Duell from the National Weather Service in Burlington, Vermont, for helping us answer your great wind questions. And thanks to all of you for sending them. If you have a question about anything, remember you can always send it to us. Have an adult help you record it using a smartphone memo function or a built-in free sound app. Send your file to questions at butwhykids.org. And don't forget to record in a quiet place, unless you're trying to get the sound of wind like some people did today. And make sure you tell us your first name, where you live, and how old you are. But Why is produced by me, Jane Lindholm, and by Melody Baudet at Vermont Public Radio. And we're distributed by PRX. Our theme music was created by Luke Reynolds. We'll be back in two weeks with an all-new episode. Until then, stay curious.